is out today. What's up, Charlemagne? Peace to the planet. It is Tuesday. Yes, it's Tuesday. Yes, it is. What's happening? Hey, everything is great. Now, yesterday we were out in D.C., Angela Yee and I. Shout to Pepsi. They were uh, doing a gala. It was called Historically Better, where they recognize and acknowledge people that uh, are doing well, that graduated from HBCU. So it was uh, a bunch of people nominated. It was hosted by Terrence J., uh, myself, Angela Yee, and the Tory. Uh, and they just acknowledge, you know, different people, whether they were ministers, uh, uh, basketball players. Uh, there was a brother that was in the FBI. Uh, there was a bunch of people that were acknowledged last night. So it was just a dope gala representing african-american black people for uh black history month so it's pretty american black people for black history month (laughs) african-american or black people whatever you whatever you like to call them but for black history month it was just pretty dope to see so many black people in the room looking so nice and being so accomplished man i mean that makes sense though that's not a a crazy thing to say african-american black people because you have european black people Mm -hmm. you have caribbean black people you have you know Different levels. It was of black people. people in the building. I don't know where they were from. I don't know. It was Caribbean, African American. It was black people well, in the said building. African Americans. It was black people in the building. Black people. And it was it was just dope <laughs> to see so many accomplished uh, black people in the room last night and just having a great time. So shout to Pepsi. Uh, on the way back, uh, I think Angela Yee's tire blew out. So her tire blew out. So uh, she had to pull over on the side of the road and uh, call a tow truck and she had to take an Uber home. So that is the reason why she is not in today. But she is okay. Okay. Her car's a little effed up, but she is fine. <sighs> okay. All right. Now, um, did you see the Kobe Memorial? Did you watch that? Um, I did it to myself. I you didn't did? want to. I was trying to avoid it. I was trying to uh, tell myself I'm not going to watch this. I don't feel like being sad on this Monday afternoon. But I said, you know what? It's Kobe Bryant's memorial. It's Gigi's memorial. I'm going to watch. So I did. How many and, times did you cry? Um... I teared up. You know what I teared up about? I teared up Wait. about the fact that, because the, the perspective, I was trying to figure out why things like this hit so different, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many different aspects. It's the fact that he was a father mm-hmm. doing his normal routine mm-hmm. with his daughter Correct. for one of her extracurricular activities, basketball, mm-hmm. and, you know, it can just happen just Anything that happened. fast, Correct. right? But I was thinking about the fact that um, we're just not in control. I think a lot of times your ego kicks in in situations mm. like that and says, oh, I got to get control. I got to get control. I got to get control. No you're control. not in control. Not at all. Like, that's all that situation shows you. You're never truly in control. Yeah, I tell a lot. I watched it on the way down to D.C. And when she said, uh, you know, God took Gigi and Kobe away because she knew that Gigi couldn't be on this earth without Kobe. I just started balling. Yeah, my dermatologist, Dr. Natasha Sandy. Right there. Uh, salute to Dr. Natasha Sandy. We was having a conversation when it first happened, and she said the same thing. She was like, you know, their spirits have always been linked. Their spirits were linked, 
you know, long before they got here, and those, their spirits would be linked long after their physical mm. bodies are gone. And she said the same thing. Like she was like, they, they both had to go together because they, they, their spirits are so intertwined, connected. Yeah. One, one couldn't live without the other on this on this planet. And I was like, yeesh. Yeah, yeah, man. But <laughs> it, it just it just shows you that you're just not in control. You're just never right. in control. And I think if I think that's what causes a lot of the anxiety, right? Yeah. Because we just always trying to control the future yeah. you're trying to control certain outcomes and you just can't nothing can be controlled you just gotta enjoy the moment that's right yeah man well we'll, we'll give you more and, and give you some um updates and what you know what happened in the memorial and all that other stuff when we come back in front page news but also aoc will be joining us this morning alexandria cortez 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 that's huh? the c there's an o uh, what Ocasio Cortez. That's why I call her AOC, right? There. It is AOC will that's be joining right. us this morning. AOC will be here this morning. That's to, right. To talk about all everything that's going on in our current world today. That's right. So we'll kick it with her in a little bit. And then front page news. So we'll tell you about the memorial yesterday, Kobe Bryant's memorial, and Harvey Weinstein. He should be in Rikers right now. Jail, we'll tell you about that. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee. Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. So now uh, Vanessa Bryant, she filed a wrongful death lawsuit against a helicopter company claiming the aircraft should have never been placed in the peril it was in before that accident. Uh, they're not saying, you know, amount of money that she wants, but she is suing and uh, she'll probably win. I-, I can't see her not winning. Yeah, especially if the guy wasn't supposed to take off and took off anyway and didn't have clearance and took off anyway. I don't know, man. And he was cited in uh, 2015 for doing the same thing, so I, I, I can't. Yeah, I can't situ- see him situations like that, you know. I mean, I, I, I hope she wins, but it's just the sad part about it is, you know, you win, but it doesn't bring your people back. You Not know what I mean? Not so, at all. So if it was somebody else's negligence that caused your people to to, to, to perish, I don't, I don't know. If, if that does anything for you, no, just because sure you not. beat them in a lawsuit, lawsuit, you know what I mean? Right. No, not at all. Now, also, yesterday was the memorial at the Staples Center. 22,000 people were in attendance. And Beyonce, she's saying, uh, Halo, here's a snippet of that. Now, Vanessa Bryant, she uh, spoke yesterday, which I'm sure was probably one of the hardest things she she had ever had to do, just to speak to people and talk to people about her husband and daughter. Yeah, I was thinking about that yesterday. I was thinking about the fact that um, the best thing that probably happened was they had a memorial like a month later, just so everybody could gather themselves a little bit more, because I don't think she could have did that a month ago. Nah. Well, let's listen. God knew they couldn't be on this earth without each other. He had to bring them home to heaven together. Babe. You take care of our Gigi. And I got Nani, Bibi, and Coco. We're still the best team. We love and miss you, Boo Boo and Gigi. Lord have mercy. May you both rest in peace and have fun in heaven until we meet again one day. We love you both and miss you forever and always. Mommy. Lord have mercy. I, mean, I had to I, turn the volume down right there. I couldn't listen to that again. I'll yeah, just start crying. Yeah, it's just the, imperm- the impermanence of... of of life, right? Yeah. It's just like we just not in control. And and, and uh, when not you hear all. when you hear stories like that immediately like, okay, let's tighten let's tighten up. Let's 
you know, gotta get gotta get in control, gotta get in control. It's just like, it, nope, there's no control. Nah, there's no control, baby. When it's, when it's your time, it's your time. Yeah, I had to turn the volume down, because if not, uh, I'd be tearing up here. Now, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, he spoke about the day he, uh, that Kobe gained his respect. The day Kobe gained my respect was the guys were complaining. I said, Shaq, Kobe's not passing the ball. I said, I'll talk to him. I said, Kobe, there's no I in team. And Kobe said, I know, but there's an in me in that mother. You goddamn right. <laughs> Drop one of So I went back and told Rick and, uh, and Big Shot Bob, I said, just get the rebound. He's not passing. That's a goddamn right. <laughs> Drop on the clues, Bob, for Kobe Bryant, damn it. Ain't no I in team, but it isn't me in that mother effer. That's right. God damn it. Follow the hot hand. <laughs> All right, stop complaining. Do your goddamn job. Do what you good at, and I'll do what I'm good at. Now, Michael Jordan spoke on his little bro. Kobe's was my dear friend. He was like a little brother. The questions, the wanting to know every little detail about life that they were about to embark on. He used to call me. Text me, 11.30, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. Talking about post-up moves, footwork, and sometimes the triangle. At first, it was an aggravation. But it, then it turned into a certain passion. And he also talked about himself crying. I'll have to look at another crying meme for the next... I told my wife I wasn't going to do this because I didn't want to see that for the next three or four years. Why is the Jordan crying meme so big, man? Why is his meme of crying so damn big? Because Michael Jordan got to be top two ugliest criers of all time. <laughs> Michael Jordan is the Michael Jordan of ugly crying. Like, the, the, his tears are like color purple tears. Like, they, they, it's just the way they stick to his face. Yeah. And then last night, it looked like he had snot coming out his nose. Like, I, and by, before he even said that about the meme, I was just sitting there thinking, like, he about to bring the Michael Jordan crying meme back just by looking yep. like that on that goddamn stage. And he don't even think about... Wiping it off, you know. Nope. How, you know how certain people you see crying, you're like, they, man, wipe, wipe your face, face. Yeah, yeah. wipe your goddamn nose. They just stuck. It just sticks. <laughs> yeah. Like they they come out and they just stick there, right. like just... A, like a, like they're not even real. <laughs> like know. it looks almost photoshopped on. Like yes, Michael Jordan is the Michael Jordan of ugly cries. Goodness He's, gracious, there's nobody better. I can't who who ugly cries better than Michael Jordan. I can't think. Of I one. can't think of nobody, bro. Mm-hmm. Who? That Kim Kardashian. No, nah. Kim ain't got nothing on Michael. Please, <laughs> not even close. Mm-mm. Not when oh, it comes Kelly to got an ugly cry face though. No, too. no, because don't no tears fall. It's just all fake. Mm. Yeah, nope. And we all don't right. feel and we don't feel sorry for him. All right, all right. Well, that's front page news. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset, you need to vent. Hit us up right now. Uh, call us up. Let's talk. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on the Breakfast Club. So you better have the same energy. Hello, who's this? Angel. Angel, what's up? Get it off your chest, bro. Uh, first, first off, I'd like to say uh, uh, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant and uh, Gigi for the and uh, job of off for this beautiful memorial that they threw yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of put me. It gave me a little bit of closure and just seeing Vanessa Bryant up there. It kind of just. Uh, it made me just a little bit strong, but I mean, if we're hurting, just imagine what she went through. And I just want to say it's a beautiful, 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 beautiful ceremony. Okay. Well, thank you, brother. And, and that's it. Hey, uh, Envy, where can I find your mixtape at? That one that you guys were talking about that you guys had the uh, anniversary of. Oh, my, it was an album, sir. It wasn't a mixtape. It was an album. I'm sure you can look online. If you look, it's called Block Party, B L O K Party, P A R T Y. It's not on none of the streaming services? 
Uh, yep, it's actually it's, it's on title. Yeah, it's on title. Apple Music and all those all the streaming services. It sure is. Uh, I'm gonna I'm listen to it today, and I'm a, I'm a great joint tomorrow. I'm gonna okay. call back tomorrow. Are you gonna grade him on a thirty year old mixtape? Dang. <laughs> like, Let him live. <laughs> what up, Trav? Yep. What's going on? I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Yee. What's up, boo? Hey. Oh God, she must not be there. Nah, she's not here today. <laughs> What's up, Charlemagne? What up, sis? How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How you living? I'm blessed, black, and highly favored, sir. Okay, okay. Don't forget ugly. Don't forget ugly. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Listen, man. I want to shoot my shot at one of y'all. Um, one of y'all listeners, man, that be calling. Okay. All the time. Who? Cause he just sound fine. Who? Goodness, he just sound fine every time. You wake Hello. up horny as hell on a Tuesday? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell Mello to follow me on Instagram. You just sound, you just sound fine, Mello. Oh, you are Mello. Now, you know good and well Mello is iPhone Sims boo now. Hey, man. Hey. Hey. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to see what Mello look like, man. Just follow me on the gram, a.k.a. underscore twin. Only you. I just want to see what you look like. You know, you just sound fine. I'll let me. All right, Mello. <laughs> Mello, we got a love connection I, I, early I, in the morning with Trav. Goodness gracious. I'm sure Mello might be calling up here in a minute. Yeah, I'm sure. Mona. Yeah. Get it off your chest, Mona. I don't really have anything to get off my chest, but I was here. Y'all talking about the Jordan Ugly Cry, and Viola Davis has a real ugly one. Oh, yeah, she does. Ooh. All right, now. Now we talking about goats to ugly crying. <laughs> you right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Viola Davis definitely got a good ugly cry. My goodness. Yeah, she's good at it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Mama. Y'all have a good day. Bye-bye. You too now. Hello, who's this? This is Ed. Ed, what's up? Get it off your chest, Ed. What's going on, man? Uh, this is me again. I didn't think I was going to get through my bad. Uh, my son's birthday today, man. Kingston, happy birthday. Uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to my wife. I love her to death. I'm going to give a shout-out to y'all too, man. Y'all, okay. Uh, DJ Envy, I love you, man. You, I love your family, environment, man, and uh, Charlemagne. Yes, you remember sir. Remember when I called uh, in about the black election on the uh, AT trail? Uh, no, but I'm gonna act like I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, man. If you can just get on there and just share or like or something, man. He's trying to teach black people about hiking and stuff in the woods and uh, surviving off the land. You know what I'm saying? So. Okay. No, y'all reach out and DJ Envy, man. I'm trying to get a, to y'all podcast, the KC Cream podcast. Can yes. Tickets for one of them or something. You said, can we watch you or something? Get some of them tickets or something for the um, KC Crew podcast. I, I love you and uh, Oh well, the Casey Crew podcast is is something that you can listen to. So you can uh, go to SoundCloud, Title, Apple Music. Oh no, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm definitely. Uh, I'm oh, you talk about the uh, you talk about the flyaway. Yeah, when you um when y'all do the live ones and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens. That happens in Jamaica. Yeah, that happens in Jamaica. If you, if you want more information, we we uh just click the link in my bio and, and we'll give you all that information. We're actually giving away a trip, so hopefully maybe you you could you could click on and maybe you could be a winner of that. Bit. All right, bro. Good luck, man. Well, I appreciate y'all, man. Have a y'all good have one. Good morning. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Get it. Pick up the mother mother phone and dial. It's your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So you better have the same energy. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Renee. Hey, Renee, good morning. Good morning. Um, I just want to get off my chest. I'm a teacher. Um, I live in Queens. I travel out to Bushwick, Brooklyn. Um, I need these parents to know how dirty these schools are. I'm dealing with an infestation of roaches, water mm. bugs. 
threats. And parents just have no idea what's happening with their kids in these schools. Like, this is why children are always so sick. Mm. Um, teachers are sick. We're calling out all the time. And you, I've tried to contact the Board of Health. They don't reach back out. So I just want to encourage parents to go and look after their children. Go ask about how they're cleaning. All of that is ridiculous. But why don't we do this? Why don't we bleep out your name and you tell us what school it is so we can see that school has roaches and rats and all types of things? You know what? I'm not going to do that. Okay. Because I'd rather just, you know, keep... I'd rather just have parents reach out to their own school because it is happening everywhere across New York City. You know why I, I re- leave it at that. You know why I really respect you? Why? Because you know the difference between a water bug and a roach. <laughs> a lot of people don't know the difference. I'm saying a lot of people confuse water bugs oh, with roaches. No, oh, there is a huge difference. As, as, a, as a man who grew up with roaches, I'm glad that you know the difference. Okay. Well, you have a good morning, well, Mama. I ain't with no roaches, but you too. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Hello, who's this? Jeff. Jeff. How you guys doing? How's it going? What's your name, bro? Uh, my name is Jeff. I work <laughs> for an NGO at the United Nations. What's up, Jeff? Yes, M School Global that org. We won an oil concession. It's Black History Month, and we were about our 400s here in this side of the the, the pond, and we won a oil concession for gas and, 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 and gasoline, and there's nobody in our community we could approach to have a sensible conversation about this concession. It's for the community for us to do something about it. It's, it's, it's our way of getting something back from, from the continent. What the hell are you talking about, brother? He's talking about oil, man. Oil. Oh. Oil. The oil business. Oil concession. We have that mscoglobal.org we have that we would like to share it with the community but there's nobody to talk to to have a sensible conversation I, I mean shit. you can't talk to nobody up here about no damn oil <laughs> why are you calling up here <laughs> like what do we what do we know about oil hey there's a lot to be known about we, we that's that's why we we need to get in touch there's a lot for you guys to learn about okay you hold on all right everybody you talk to him on the side. Hell yeah, man. Hello, who's this? If you, if you gonna give me some land with some oil yo, on it, I'll take it. Yo, envious Mello, what's going on, bro? Yo, Mello, man, God got a blessing for you this morning. Mello, you know who just called and shot a shot at you? Ooh. Trav. Trav said you sound what? sexy. Yep. And Trav said he want to just, you know, get your Instagram so he can see what you look like. So go ahead and give, give him your Instagram real quick. Hold, hold on, I'm gonna play it off sides clipping. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't go on that side of the fence. I appreciate it though. I'm gonna follow me on the gram. I guess you can follow me on the gram. It's mellow underscore moolah with three A's. To be honest, I wasn't even calling for that. I was calling because y'all kept hanging up the phone on me yesterday. Like, is you? Don't worry about all that. All right, worry about this. We trying to pass what? to you, okay? Yo, hey, all right. Yo, yo, yo King, yo, King, yo, King, yo, King, yo, King, yo, King. off the airwaves, bro. You are King, wild. King. <laughs> Uh, the young man Trav wants your Instagram. You gave him the Instagram. That lets me know you're a little curious. And no, you know, listen, nah, don't block. Nah, listen, don't block nah, your blessings, King. That is clout. That is clout. Stop playing with me. Nah, man. I was actually just trying to pull you on some positivity. Yo, envy, bro. You and your wife on the carpet at the awards. Y'all was killing it, son. Thank you, bro. Y'all was, y'all was looking great, bro. And Charlemagne, your memes are hysterical. You know what I mean? Some make millions. Other niggas make memes. But you know what? You uh, can go actually, to the... Actually, you... hold on. We're quick. Actually, I do both. Okay. Just want to throw, just wanna throw that out there. But you can right. go to the awards <laughs> next year, too, if you want. 
I'm coming through. Just, I'm telling you, just let me know. Thomas. You and Travel look good on the red carpet together. Matching tuxes. That'd be fly. Trav. You ain't say Trav. Huh? Stop playing with me, man. You, you playing with you. Stop playing with me. Stop doing it. You I know what? I don't want to talk. I don't appreciate people who don't appreciate their blessings. Travel be in your DMs. We'll hear all about it. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up at any time. Now, when we come back, we got the rumors. Angela Yee is out, so I'll hold it down. Now, could it be possible that this guy lost a fight because he was wearing a 40-pound costume? Let's not report that story. <laughs> it's still Black History Month. That hurt my feelings yesterday. I, I, I can't believe that was... I, I don't believe he said that. Could that be the reason he lost the fight? We'll talk about it when we come back. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's about time. What's going on? This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. So now uh, Deontay Wilder allegedly claims that wearing that 40-pound costume before his fight with Tyson Fury uh, left his legs dead. And that is one of the reasons why he lost, allegedly. That's what they're saying. Where's the audio? There's no audio. Where's the video? They're saying it will be coming out a, a full interview, I, I believe they said by the end of this week. I, I don't I don't feel like my guy said that. I don't believe that King Deontay Wilder would come with a lame-ass excuse like that. Um, I just don't believe he said that. And I'm going to tell you something else. Deontay Wilder going to be back. Y'all keep playing with Deontay Wilder if y'all want to. I see all of the memes, and I understand the energy of social media. That's the way it is when you take an L. But Deontay Wilder will be back. That's right. I think the trilogy is going to happen. I think he gets a, a chance to exercise that clause, and he has 30 days to do that. Well, he, he did He did, he did exercise it. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he should have done that. I think that he should have uh, fought a, fought maybe, maybe, maybe one or two more fights, like fight Ruiz maybe somebody else, mm-hmm. and then fight Tyson Fury maybe like late 2021. But sometimes he may want that back. You know, it's like somebody punches you, you want to punch them back. You don't want to wait. Well, you, you want that right away. I heard yesterday he fired his trainer. Yeah, that's allegedly you know? too. He fired his trainer. They parted ways. So, I mean, listen, uh, he, he's going to need a whole new game plan, a whole new technique to go up against uh, Tyson Fury. And that's the trainer that I, uh, allegedly threw, well, threw in the towel in the seventh round. The, the trainer that saved his life. Mm-hmm. The trainer that probably saved his career. So, you know, but still, I still think he needs to bring somebody else in just to teach him a, a, a different technique. He can't just rely on that power punch all the time. But Deontay Wilder will be back. Trust and believe that. I always wonder, like, when, when those boxers, do they ever get a chance to talk to, like, Mike Tyson and talk to Tyson about, you know, different things that he did? Or if he said, you know, what, let me talk to Floyd about different moves that he would use. You know, do, do boxers do that? Because you see it all the time with NBA players and football players. When Deontay was here... On Breakfast Club, I do. Re- I don't know if he said that him and Lennox Lewis were supposed to talk or train together. Was it Lennox Lewis? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm sure they do. Mm-hmm. Now, also, Layla Ali. Well, it looks like a, a super fight is about to happen. It might be a little too late, in my opinion. But when Layla Ali was on the Breakfast Club, this is what she said. Would you ever get back in the ring just 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 for fun? Money, right, Layla? There, yeah, nah. <laughs> really? Here we you go. still training? You still train? I stay training. But, you know, I don't I don't think there's anyone there for me right now that would actually give me a good challenge. Okay, well, Clarissa Shields, she was on The Breakfast Club, and she wants all the smoke. I've never disrespected Layla Ali when it, like, comes to her boxing. She paved the way. So when I heard her say that, I'm like, so what's she saying? Like, I don't know how to box or something? If you come out of retirement, I smoke you. But do I want to fight a 41 or 40-year-old Layla, Layla Ali? No. I want to actually her embrace me. I embrace her, mm-hmm. and we build women's boxing to the place where it's supposed to be at. Nope, now, we want to see a fight. Now, Layla Ali was on ESPN, and this is what she's saying now. 
Have I been sitting around thinking about boxing? No. But lately, there's been a little chatter. And at You're the referring end of the, to Clarissa Shields? I'm a, yes, I'm... Two-time Olympic yes. gold medalist, undefeated? Yes. Which is amazing. And I love that because we want to see women continue to grow and inspire other people, right? And people are asking me, would you come back? Well, I have to be inspired. Is she an inspiring opponent? Of is course. She? Absolutely. So now Especially it's a that of... mouth. When it's personal, that starts a fire. And when the money's right and it makes sense, then why not? I'm about all this. So it looks like this fight might happen. I'm about all this. I don't know if it's The Zone or ESPN or whoever. Somebody need to cut that check and get Layla Ali and Clarissa Shields in the ring. Uh, veteran versus, versus, I don't want to call Clarissa a newbie, but OG generation versus new generation. That's I would right. like to see. You know, Do you want to see that, though? Cause, yes. Because she's, she's out of a prime. How do you know? Layla, I bet Layla Ali will beat your ass she, right now. She can. I'm not a boxer. Oh. Battle me and DJ. I'll see her Man, all day You can't long. DJ no more. She, Layla Ali probably can beat you she in DJ. definitely can't beat point. me no damn Stop DJ. Stop it. You ain't DJ in so long. She can't beat me okay. in DJ. All right, all right, whatever. <laughs> Listen, Layla Ali, you remember that movie about uh, Rocky? When, uh, Do I Rock, remember Rock, the movie Rocky? No, 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 no. It, it was one of the Rockies where he fought Antonio Tarver. He was already retired and yes. he was already done. And they did it for, like, fun. This would be something. This was for money, though, so it ain't for fun. But this would this what that reminds me of. That was a movie. And, well, let's see. I would love to see the fight. 40-year-old fighters kill, st still bang. George Foreman won the title after 40 yeah, right. back in the day. Like, George, like, Layla Ali can get busy still. Okay. All I right. think that would be a great matchup. Layla Ali trained for like a year, and her and Clarissa Shields get it on in 2021 sometime. Who's going to win? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's a toss-up for me. Mm. All right. I would, I would, I don't know. It's a toss-up for me. Well, Jesse Smollett was back in court yesterday. He, plead, he pleaded not guilty at his arraignment for lying to the cops. But in some off news... The guys that allegedly did this to him, Abel and Ola, the brothers, the two Nigerian brothers, they were in court yesterday. And they said that Jesse was pretty pissed off and so was the lawyer. And this is what the lawyer said about it. They're here to support the process. They are here because they want the truth to be told. The brothers want the public to know that they were honest and open and remorseful about their conduct involved in this entire event. They have been truthful since day one. They will continue to be truthful. They will continue to cooperate. They will be here till the very end of this process. Now, why they were in court yesterday, I don't know. I don't know. Abel and o Abel, what's his name? Abel and Ola? Abel and, Abel and Ola. Abel and Ola. That's not like the stars of like an African fairy tale. Like they get lost in the woods and get stuck in a gingerbread house and got to eat their way out. That, that's all you got out of that, huh? It just sounds, they, they name sound. That's dope, actually. That's so it just sounds like they should be some type of team. Okay. Like All a new right. WWE tag team. All right. Abel and Ola. Okay. The Nigerian Express. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's what you got at that. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have a special guest in the building. Yes, indeed. AOC is what they call it. Hello. Good morning. Welcome, Ale Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Did I say everything right? Yep. You got it all right. He well, was welcome. worried about it. That's why you <laughs> led with AOC. I led with AOC. <laughs> that's just to get. But she is AOC. It's she a is. lot of syllables. Yes, it's a lot it of is. Syllables. Well, for people that don't know, tell them how you got into politics. Tell them your story. You're from the Bronx. The youngest person ever in Congress, by the way, and it was amazing when you got elected. Oh. And, and I always say the craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> <laughs> that is 100% true. So how did you get your start? So I'm a third-generation Bronxite. My dad was born in the Bronx. My grandmother moved to the Bronx from Puerto Rico. And growing up, you know, being born in the Bronx, my parents, they had to 
we felt a pressure to move out so that I could have an education. The idea that our zip code determines so much of the quality of life that the way that my parents felt like I needed a shot was to be somewhere else. And so after I graduated college, I moved back to the Bronx and I started doing education work with young kids. And that kind of brought me into activism. And I never thought that I was going to run for political office. But I felt like, you know, this window really opened in 2016. And I felt like our representation wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. And I decided to run a primary election against a 20-year incumbent. To go in the system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was outspent 10 to 1, $3 million put in against me. But we did it the old-fashioned way, organizing people in the community, aunts, uncles, Mm -hmm. abuelas, everybody knocking on doors. And... uh, it was one of the probably one of the biggest upsets of 2018. Now, for those of us who aren't Spanishly inclined, what did that mean? Abuelas, <laughs> <laughs> grandmas. Grandma. Okay, okay, got you, got you, got you. Did a lot of people who traditionally weren't voting did they come out to vote? Yes, we expanded the electorate about 68 percent above the last off-year midterm primary, and um, that's how we really changed this thing because right. we're not going to change our outcomes with the same voters. Mm-hmm that have been determining all of our other outcomes. Absolutely. But what are some of the misconceptions of democratic socialism? I think there's a lot of misconceptions. One is that there's a huge generational divide. Older people tend to think of democratic socialism through the lens of the Cold War, right? Like they think of communism Communism. and they think of all of these things. Younger people, I think um, our views on democratic socialism has have been really shaped in our political upbringing, the first time I ever voted in an election when I turned 18 was for Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. And now the people who voted for Barack Obama at the youngest possible age that they could vote for him, now we're in our 30s. Mm-hmm. And so the last 10 years, our entire adult political lives have been shaped by the discourse. And so since the time I was 18 years old, um, Republicans and you know people at large have called healthcare socialist, public education socialist. They've called systems that the rest of the modern developed world has, like universal healthcare, um, paid family leave, tuition-free public colleges and universities. All of those things are called socialist or democratic socialism. But for me, my political ideology has really come from people in the American tradition, like Howard Thurman, Martin Luther King, Even Albert Einstein was a democratic socialist. Ella Baker, James Baldwin. All of these folks come from a tradition of critique of this obsession with money and profit and capital at all human and environmental costs. And when you actually look at the present day, some of the most popular policies and things that we have are not capitalist. Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, libraries, public schools, firefighters, infrastructure, none of these things were built because they come at a profit. There are some things that should be economic or social rights, and we've established that as such. It's like, uh, I mean, to me, when I hear democratic socialism, I hear compassionate capitalism. Mm -hmm. Why not Mm -hmm. tweak the message just a little bit? If that's how you see it, then I think that that's how you see it. I do think that there are important differences. Compassionate capitalism to me is like raising the minimum wage a little bit. And to me, democratic socialism is unionizing your workplace or having a worker cooperative. It's a different structure. Let me tell you something, I like the fact that you shake up. 
Thank you. Okay, and you, you, you really challenged the senior leadership in the Democratic Party. How's your relationship with mm-hmm. them now? You know, I think the one thing that that I'm thankful for is that I do think that people now know that I'm, you know, now that I'm a year in, that I'm not doing this to play games. This is not like an ego thing. I think there is a certain degree of respect that they know that when I'm being a pain in the butt, it's over an issue. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, there were two bills pushing through right now in Congress on marijuana uh, deregulation and legalization. Mm -hmm. So one is a justice bill, and it's making sure that we are taking care of and expunging people's records and that we are making right in the criminal justice side. Mm -hmm. And the other side is the banking side, Mm -hmm. which is to allow banks to actually deal with incoming money from what we now deem as federally illegal Mm -hmm. um, in purchases of cannabis. And so, you know, one of the confrontations that I had this year was we should not pass the banking bill first. We should pass the justice bill first. And that seems like a given that that has to To us, (laughs) to us it's a given, but of course the easier thing to pass is the banking bill. And here's the actual problem, is that the people who made money and profited off of private prisons now get to turn around and take that capital and be the first people to invest in, you know, the market for for marijuana and cannabis. cannabis. Meanwhile, it's our communities that are still dealing with the scourge, even if you're out, still having that on your record. And so right now, you know, it's one of those things where it's like seen as annoying or it's a fight because I'm saying we should do things differently. But I think ultimately the relationship is okay. You know, I'm not like trying to curry favor or be liked, but ultimately I think that's also why it's why there's some kind of respect there too. Now being from New York, what do you think about former Mayor Bloomberg running for president? What are your thoughts? I think it's not a good idea. I think our experiences um, have seen this, you know, from stop and frisk to the surge in housing costs in New York City to even his own history on redlining, to, to how he talks about transgender people. I think, I don't think it's the smart thing to do. I think um, people think that his money makes it a safer bet against Trump, mm-hmm. and I actually don't think that that's the case at all. Now, how do you explain so many black people falling in line for Bloomberg? Well, A, I think a lot of people don't know Bloomberg. Like, we're here in New York City. We lived under his tenure as mayor, and this is part of what he's doing. Like, when he comes in, swoops in super late in the game with billions of dollars at his disposal and is able to kind of shower um, the airwaves with his cash, but also he funds a lot of nonprofits and a lot of charities with, you know, his Bloomberg philanthropies. And so I think And mayoral campaigns. Yeah, yeah, and and mayoral campaigns and all sorts of stuff, and he and he also gave a lot to a lot of different campaigns. So I think people see what he's done with his money. They haven't, and I think a lot of people may have endorsed him without seeing what he did when he actually had a position of power. I think they feel like he could beat Trump, and that's that's the main thing. That's I what think, I think people look at. That's not enough for me. Just somebody that can beat Trump. I I agree. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we have to beat Trump, but if we beat Trump and go back to the same policies that we had before, a worse Trump is going to come. A Mm -hmm. Trump that's more sophisticated, whose fascism is less obvious, 
um, is going to come and things could get even worse. Would you ever take money from Bloomberg? No. Mm. Why wouldn't you take money from Bloomberg? Only reason I ask is because mm-hmm. I know he gave Stacey Abrams $5 million for Fair Fight 2020, yeah. and he said that he would give a billion dollars to whoever the Democratic nominee is. Why Why can't we well, take his money? One thing is that I don't need it. You know, I've worked really, really hard to be financially independent of wealthy people in how I run for office. And B, I don't think that it's worth um, the optics of he donated all this money so he has some influence. Well, in more her. the optics, but the power. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just, I mean, people say all the time, oh, I can take this check, it doesn't influence me. It does. Yeah, right. Even if he's just giving you the money because he wants to beat Trump for a good cause. I think there's a lot of ways he can do that to beat Trump that I don't necessarily need to accept. He can fund lots of other candidates. He can fund organizations like Fair Fight, which is fighting voter suppression. Mm-hmm. I don't think a dollar from from Michael Bloomberg's wallet is like a morally wrong thing. Um, But for me, you know, I rely on small dollar donations. And I think that the independence for me is is important. It's more important than the cash. The year is 2025. AOC is 35 years old. (laughs) To run for president. And Bloomberg's like, here's a billion dollars, AOC. Rock out. No. Wow. Now, we talk a lot about these Democratic nominees and the past things that they've done that have affected us negatively. But what if some of these candidates come forward now and have some plans for the Mm -hmm. future? Do we say, okay, this was in the past, they've learned from that, and now they have these great plans that they're implementing? Mm -hmm. Do we come to accept that? Because we don't know, obviously right now, Bernie Sanders looks like he's doing a great job and Mm -hmm. he's leading everybody in the polls, but whoever it is, do we rally behind that person if it's a Joe Biden or a Bloomberg? Even though their past, we don't agree with them. Bernie too, though. Bernie voted Mm -hmm. for the crime bill. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that redemption in politics is an acceptable thing, but you have to earn it. It needs to be proven through years of work and evolution for the right thing. This is what happened with Bloomberg. He he was down with stop and frisk. He fought for it in the courts. Mm -hmm. The courts overturned it as unconstitutional. He still fought it, defended it after him being mayor. And then this like, is the first time we've heard him say it was wrong. Five minutes before he runs for president, he says, okay, maybe this wasn't the right Pops thing. Pops up at a black church. So, yeah, exactly. People need to prove through their actions and through what they're willing to withstand how down they're going to be with our communities. But I also think that this year is just tremendously dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like, if we elect Trump again... I don't even know what is going to be left after four years of that. But that's why I think we have to nominate someone who can do both. Who right? is that person, though? Because, I mean, listen, everything you're saying is true, but who? none of these people have proven themselves when it comes to black and brown mm-hmm. communities. Not to me. When it comes to legislation, uh, policies, like who? Mm-hmm. I think that there is a problem where we lean on saviorism a lot. Yes. And, like, no elected official is going to save anybody. And I'm saying that as an elected official, because, first of all, it's all part of a larger system. So Mm -hmm. you can have one great, amazing, incredible elected official. They're still in a system that's completely bogged down in the legacies of racism, basically American apartheid with Jim Crow, with the genocide of Native people. So I think that knowing that, I think what's really important and what's special right now about about this moment is that we are starting to get politicians that are accountable to mass movements. And 
I think Bernie Sanders has that accountability to mass movements. I think you have some folks that you had some great candidates in this. Julian Castro, I think Elizabeth Warren has some of some of that accountability as well. And and we're just starting to get that. So I understand why people look at this whole field and don't feel particularly inspired. Mm -hmm. But I think if we continue to support those candidates that are accountable to mass movements. And I think that Bernie is the most accountable. Who would you like to see as his vice president? Gotta be a black woman. I mean, I, of course we'd like to see diversity on that slate. There's a lot of great candidates out there. Um, I don't know. I'd love to see Nina Turner with Bernie. Nina Turner's incredible. I think that Bloomberg is going to announce Stacey Abrams. Mm. And I think Biden and Senator Harris would be formidable. Mm -hmm. I just think you have mm -hmm. to have a woman of color with you as your Yeah, VP. I think it's important to have um, that diversity at the top of the ticket. But I think it's really important that we don't just start engaging in tokenism. Like, it's not just about putting a woman of color or a black woman just because they're a woman of color or a black woman. It's like... Oh, no, those three are more than qualified. Of course, yeah. of course. How do, you, how do you feel about Bernie bros and gals who attack mm -hmm. people? who speak out against Bernie on social media? Well, I, you know, when I see some of this behavior, it's unacceptable, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, if you're out here attacking a person personally, you know, it's one thing to be to be tough in a debate and to point out hypocrisy mm -hmm. and to say, you know, this doesn't make any sense or this position hurts working people. It's one thing to, to say that. It's another thing to just be dehumanizing. And we see that everywhere from our schools all the way up to, you know, adults. Like, it's just so easy now for a kid to drop a comment, for a person to drop a comment that they would never say in real life. Absolutely you know, you not. experience that a lot. Oh, yeah. I like, mean, even with you know the president, I, the president threw some shots with you. I think he would never say to you. Oh, you no, a, he, he would. You a whack job. A whack job. Yeah, a whack he never over. would. He, like, keep that same energy. I always think it's a compliment. <laughs> keep that same energy when you see me, Donald Trump. Exactly. I always think it's a compliment when Donald Trump doesn't like you. It's like, I'm doing something right. Yeah, well, I mean, I think he's scared. Were you surprised when he sent out that tweet? No. You weren't surprised. You knew it was coming. I, yeah, I felt it coming because A, he's obsessed with television. And so he responds to things that he sees on television. And because I'm on Fox News, like, all the time. But also, he doesn't like attention not being on him. So if attention's on anyone else, if it's on Adam Schiff, it's on Nancy Pelosi, if it's on Colin Kaepernick, he's going to try to find a way to reel that back in he's to really himself. He's really good at it. And he is, because he's a narcissist, <laughs> but he is, he is good at it. I don't know if I blame the media for that or him. It's, like, it's both. Yeah. It's like an it's like a, an addictive, unhealthy relationship that they have. They can't stop covering him, and he can't stop consuming it. All right, we got more with AOC. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning, morning everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with AOC, Charlamagne. Isn't that dangerous for you though? When you got the president calling you a whack job? It's very dangerous. Um. I had a point last year where I would wake up in the morning and I'd look at pictures of people who were trying to harm me that day. Wow. Like, And a lot of times it was white supremacists. Like it's very, very real and it's very scary. That's why I think when people like, especially on the far right, they're like, oh, this is an attention thing. It's like, I am not doing this for my health. <laughs> it's actually bad for your health. So you, do you pull up to the Bronx and hire some goons? Do you what do you do? I actually feel safest in the Bronx. I figured that. Yeah. The Bronx ain't gonna let that happen. The, I feel safest in the Bronx. It's when I'm in D.C. that I feel 
way less safe, actually. Bring some of them um, brothers in Tim's to DC. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? And it's funny. I go home. I go home and, like, I live in the same neighborhood that I've always lived in. And so, like, if any of my neighbors or anyone in the building sees anything off, I mean, you know how it is. It's like mm-hmm. a new car or mm-hmm. anything like that. People are like, hey, 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 have you seen that? Like, go to the store. Stay in there. Right. And be like, be careful. There's someone outside. It doesn't look right. It, but, yeah, but, like, nothing <laughs> ever no, nothing ever weird has happened. But the funniest thing was one time... Um, New York One, like the news truck came and we were doing an interview and all my neighbors were like, New York One's out here. Like, <laughs> like go to the store, hide in there. <laughs> I was like, no, it's fine. <laughs> I want to ask you a few more questions. You, you, you challenged Nancy Pelosi once. Mm-hmm. But on The View, you called her Mama Bear and you mm-hmm. said, tell people don't mess with Mama Bear. Yeah. So when you see somebody like Susan Sarandon promoting to primary mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi, mm-hmm. how did that make you feel? Well, I think it like you can hold two things at the same time. It's kind of like when you have family and you argue with people in your family, but you're still at the end of the day, a family. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like that within a party is that ultimately we're going to disagree with each other. And sometimes those disagreements are going to be big disagreements, but ultimately um, we need to make sure that we defeat Trump and like a democratic majority at the at the end of the day as problematic as it can seem sometimes is better than a republican majority. Nancy Pelosi is just insanely skilled. Mm-hmm. Like whether you agree with her or disagree with her, no one can say she doesn't know what she's doing. And so that tweet from Susan Sarandon fair? Well, you will never hear me speak out against a primary election because mm-hmm. I won in a primary election. I think it's wrong for me to close the door behind me to say, oh, I can get here this way, but no one else should. So so you support incumbent candidates? Or? I support incumbent candidates and I support primary challengers. Gotcha. It's all about the work that you're that you're putting up. Gotcha. And I, and I saw people calling you a hypocrite because you got your goddaughter into a charter school a few mm-hmm, years ago. And mm-hmm. they say that's a no-no for mm-hmm. the Democratic Socialist yeah. base. How do you respond to that? My cousin, you know, and my goddaughter he made a choice given what that was in the South Bronx and he asked me to help him. Would I help him fill out the form so that he could pursue this choice that he made for his daughter? And how are you going to tell someone no? Because ultimately the the present situation is that, and the situation that he was in was that we grew up and he was raised in the Bronx when dropout rates were 40, 50, 60%. And his school was completely, totally inadequate. And he was faced with a choice a generation later to send his daughter to that same school without enough improvements. And so so the the deal is, so what we fight for is policy where he never has to make that choice again. It would be hypocritical if we weren't proposing policies where you don't have to make choices. You don't have to make Mm -hmm. choices like that. I've got a couple more questions. Bernie, one of his main pushes is Medicare for all. Mm-hmm. But you recently said we may need to be flexible on that to get things mm, done. Yeah. What, what changed? So, you? so I appreciate the opportunity opportunity to talk about this. So, because I think what's really important is that we fight for the full freight of Medicare for all. And so, this is not about rolling back on it at all. In fact, if anything, we should talk about why a public option is not good. And the reason for that is because you 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 set up a public option for insurance. And you let all the like for-profit insurers continue to to kind of reign in the way that they do, what they will do is that they will kick off all the sick people onto the public option plan. And then all of a sudden, our public option seems crazy expensive because you have 
all sick people and no healthy people, which as we know, does not work in insurance. So Medicare for all as a single payer system is the best way to do it because if you do use a public option as a middle step, it actually, in my opinion, makes it politically less feasible to get Medicare for all because what you're doing is that you're front loading all of the worst parts of the system and then you're asking people to politically support expanding that. What was the point of impeachment? Well, so the thing is, is if we allowed the president to continue doing everything that he did and the House didn't act, then it was going to be on us. Mm-hmm. Right? Because people were criticizing when there was no impeachment. Then it's, on, then it's mm-hmm. on us. It's Democrats who are choosing not to pursue the rule of law in the United States of America. Now that it's you know moved to the Senate and the Senate acquits, this is on Mitch McConnell. This is on Marco Rubio. This is on Ted Cruz. This is on Susan Collins. This is on Lisa Murkowski. They are responsible for the degradation of the rule of law and our slow descent into fascism, frankly. I don't think it's a slow descent. Yeah, I mean, that's true, too. That's true. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) The elevator. Yeah. You think he loses in 2020? And the reason I say that is because I see Democrats cannibalizing each other Mm -hmm. so much. Like Mm -hmm. somebody like Joe Rogan comes out, endorses Bernie. People get mad and say, oh, don't accept that endorsement. Why not? Yeah. First of all, I don't think November is a sure bet for anybody. Mm. And anyone that is telling you that any one candidate will for sure win or any other candidate will for sure lose is lying to you because those are the same people that thought Hillary had it in the bag in 2016. Mm-hmm. B, there is a very, like, it's just not certain. Mm -hmm. no matter who you nominate, which is why it's not any one person that's going to beat Donald Trump. We really need to come together in a huge mass movement, especially in electoral college states. So if Trump wins, do we move back to where we came from? Oh, man. Well, some of us don't have the luxury. (laughs) (laughs) We are here. (laughs) Um, But I think um, it's dangerous now. You know, it's dangerous now. And I think what we really need to do is inspire people who didn't turn out last time to turn out this time. And Alexandria, as far as your career in politics, do you have some goals for yourself that you see outside of Congress in the near future? Uh, no. <laughs> Stop it. It's clear you're no. setting up for a presidential run No, one day. no, no, no. Maybe I, mayor, I maybe governor. Don't, I don't think... I don't know. I'm and I'm an optimistic person, but I just I think that the things that we're fighting for right now, there are some people where you just need to put it on the line, knowing that it's going to limit your political prospects. And I'm comfortable with that. Like, I'm okay because I feel good about my first year because I called the detention camps at our border what they are. Concentration camps. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I feel good that I stood up in the way that I stood up. I'm, I feel good that I stood up for a 70% wealth tax on incomes above $10 million a year. I feel good about those things. But I also know that those severely, you know, if I wanted something bigger, I would have been much more tepid. <laughs> so, but you're building a base, though. Like, you know, you're know, you not when you're eligible at 35 to run for president. Yeah, but so you're building a base now. Like, that diverse yeah. base you're talking about, that Obama coalition, coalition you're mm-hmm. kind of building that now. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's less about aspiring to a position as more about a mission. You know, five years ago, I didn't wake up and say, oh, I'm going to run for Congress. 
I wouldn't have been bartending in a restaurant if that was my long-term political plan. And so these last two, three years have been such an enormous whirlwind. And I happen to be a spiritual person. And so I wake up and just try to think of, given how things are right now, what are the best ways I can be a vessel for good? Mm. And maybe that means I continue my life in politics. Maybe it means I write books or become a professor or I don't know, get a cabin somewhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have no idea. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, it's just a day by day thing. But I think that one of the biggest mistakes and one of the, the biggest reasons that our politics is so messed up is that everyone is always trying to run for president. (laughs) And so it prevents them from taking courageous stances Mm -hmm. because even though they're in a position today to do something, they're like, oh, if I do this now, how will this impact me if I want to run for president someday? F that. You know, and so I don't think that we should be making decisions based on a positional aspiration. I think we should be taking positions and doing work based on what we're trying to accomplish in this country. How many times have you called President Donald Trump an F boy when nobody's around? Because you let that oh, F boy fly. I do have a potty mouth in not in public. You're from the Bronx. You're from the Bronx. <laughs> From the Bronx. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you don't be a stranger. No, of course. Thank All you right. so Thank you for having me. It's AOC. <laughs> it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's time. She's spilling the tea. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Now, Dame Dash was on the last episode of Growing Up Hip Hop, and he had him and his kids were in therapy. Well, I don't think the therapy session worked out too well. Let's play a clip of what happened. He told me, don't come around until you fix yourself. No, I didn't say that. Yes, you did. Yeah, you have. I've heard you say Wait, that. Yes, you him. have said when? that. Wow, okay. Wait, wait, please. Wait, wait, everybody. Wait, wait, wait. We lived in the Sherman Oaks house. When? Because Whoa, you just wait a minute. Please. Relax. Please. Calm oh, down. Everybody. That's what I did. Okay. Well, we can't get nowhere. Wait, we, we, no, we, we, yes, we can. We can get somewhere. You're the reason we can't talk. You're just straight spoiled, man. I'm very disappointed in you. I'm disappointed in you, too. I know you are, but you're a child. And I took care of you. You never gave me nothing in your life. What's the problem? Jeesh. What am I missing here? Nothing. They just went on, on a therapy session. That means that therapy's supposed to work. They're supposed to talk through it. He just, uh, he actually, they said stormed out. He said he called them both clowns and then walked out of the room. I, I know it's a TV show, you know, but even though it's a TV show, I still don't like to get involved with, uh, you know, parents and their children. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I don't think, I that's, wish, I, I don't think that's none of our business, even though it is on a TV show. But you It know. is on a TV show. I just really wish that when, it, when things like that, I, it's, it's always hard to heal when the world is watching. You know, that is a fact. You know, I just really wish that they were able to do that without like the world watching. That. that might be the smartest thing you ever said on this goddamn show in nine years. Hard to hear when the world is watching. That's I'm going to bomb for envy. <laughs> I know. I'm just repeating what you said. Well, I'm running for state senate, so. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you got a shot. <laughs> now, uh, yesterday, uh, Angela Yee reported about Wendy Williams dating uh, a jeweler named Will. Ooh, spill that tea, girl. Let me hear more. Wendy Williams said she's single and she is not dating the guy, Will, the jeweler. Shout out to Will, though. He's a, he's a cool dude and a you friend to Will? him. Yeah. You know Will? Yeah. Why you ain't confirmed with Will? Huh? Why you ain't called Will? That's none of my business. Just, uh, you still you want to know, girl. I don't want to mm-hmm. know. I don't want to know. Okay. Now, uh, Charlemagne did an interview with uh, Pete Davidson yesterday, and he that talked about a lot. So you want to spill a little tea, honey? What I got to spill tea for? The interview's up on YouTube. Well, let's play a clip of it. Do you have conversations with him about when it's time to leave? 
SNL? Yeah, I have conversations with a lot of people. It's a, it's a hard thing to do because you don't want to ever pull the trigger too early. But everybody's always been like, you'll know when you know and it'll all be all right. Do you know? Yeah. I personally think I should be done with that show because they make fun of me on it. Like, That's the point. It's a comedy sketch show. No, but like, I get it. But like, I'm like cold open, like political punchlines. Not like when, like when I'm not there. Like they'll be like, huh, huh, huh but pizza jerk face and you're like whose side are you on that's exactly how i feel working here drop on the clues boss with pete davidson tired of being the butt of envy's jokes <laughs> you the butt would of you like to joke. see the butt you want to see the butt <laughs> it's over there in the corner now also, listen what? um yes i feel pete snl responded too right yeah what did snl say i don't know you got the paper over there well, we gotta we gotta go to the part where they talk about snl go ahead play that part now I have a weird fe feeling in that building where I don't know whose team they're playing for, really. Since la I, I really wanted last year to be my uh, last year, but you know I'm still around and uh, trying to trying to knock it away. So, so it doesn't feel like a family environment at SNL. I mean, like Lauren's the sh and he's like the best and has treated me with nothing but love and he's like a father figure to me. But you know, as far as like everyone else, it's like you know it's a cutthroat show. Listen, there are no permanent friends or enemies when it comes to business, and you know sometimes you just gotta know when to leave. Yeah, they they're saying that uh, that is untrue. They give him the star treatment. Who's they? Who's they saying the that? Sources, SNL sources. Who who they say that to? I don't know. Dan gave it to me, it's man. Page six. There, oh, there you go. Well, you know, if you know, say it. I know that part. All right, they're saying David got time to off like to that. shoot Suicide Squad sequel in Atlanta. It was allowed to skip the show for his pal Ricky Velez's wedding. They said Lauren Michaels, the show's creator, gave him the week off to go. They said uh, it, what he's saying is just unheard of. Well, all I know is Pete Davidson's stand-up special, uh, Alive in New York, is on Netflix now. It came out today. He's got a movie coming out uh, next next month called Big Time Adolescent. Stars Machine Gun Kelly, Jordan Rock. Uh, he has King of Staten Island. That is written by Judd Apatow. That comes out later this year. Mm -hmm. He's in Suicide Squad 2. Pete's got a lot going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he will be A-OK -okay without uh, SNL. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And that is your rumor report. Yes. Now, Charlemagne. Yes, indeed. Who you giving your donkey to? You know, man, we need former Vice President Joe Biden to come to the front of the congregation. We really need to have a word with him. I know the South Carolina primaries are this weekend. This is a big week in my home state of South Carolina. I really need y'all to think about what y'all doing this weekend. And uh, we got we, we got to have a word with Joe Biden. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Charlemagne, say the gang, donkey of the day. Charlemagne. You are a donkey. <laughs> it's time for donkey of the day. Donkey of the day does not discriminate. I might not have the song of the day, but I got the donkey that. So if you ever feel I need to be a donkey, get it with the heat. Yes, the Breakfast Club, bitches. Who's donkey of the day today? Well, uh, I'm putting some comics on the lips. Okay. Donkey of the day for Tuesday, February 25th goes to former Vice President Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden has to be one of the worst presidential candidates of all time. This is his third time running for president of the United States of America. And this year was supposed to be a layup. This was the year that Joe Biden came into the series with a 3-0 lead before he even played a game. Okay, people said he was the most electable candidate, the only Democratic candidate who could beat Trump. Well, if the primaries are any indication, he hasn't proven he can beat Bernie Sanders. Hell, until Nevada, he couldn't beat Matt Pete or Elizabeth Warren. Now it's a very pivotal week. The primaries are happening in my home state of South Carolina. Drop one of the clues bombs for South Carolina, damn it. 803-843-864 all day. All right, that's the crib right there. And Joe Biden is calling South Carolina his firewall. He is hoping that his popularity among black voters 
older black voters is going to propel his trash-ass campaign to victory. Well, according to the New York Post, the latest polls of Democrats in South Carolina, uh, that, that those polls show Biden, who once had a 28-point lead in November, has shrunk into just a f- has shrunk into just five percentage points because the real fire is coming from the burn. Otherwise known as Bernie Sanders. Okay, this is why you always have to, you know, uh, choose people over polls because if the last few polls from presidential elections and primaries are any indication, polls don't know what the hell they be talking about. Okay, polls told us we wanted uh, Gore over Bush. Polls told us we wanted Clinton over Obama. Polls told us we wanted Clinton over Trump. And polls told us that Joe Biden was going to be the Democratic nominee for president this year. And there's nothing anyone could do about it. That's what they said. Well, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Mayor Pete, they all said, hold up, wait a minute. Okay, y'all thought we was finished. And now Bernie is at 22 percent and Joe Biden is at 27 percent. Now, when you factor in the margins of error in each poll, the two are virtually tied. And Joe Biden is hoping that South Carolina's black Democratic voters hand him a victory and give him momentum going into Super Tuesday. Uh, If Bernie finishes first place, well, it's probably lights out for the Biden campaign. That would be a fatal, fatal shot. Now, I don't have a dog in this fight. Full disclosure, I'm waiting on the running mates for all of these guys to be announced because the running mates for me is what will help me make a decision. Personally, I feel like the first person to announce a black woman as their VP wins. In my book, whether it's uh, Biden and Senator Harris, uh, Bloomberg and uh, maybe Stacey Abrams, uh, Bernie Sanders and maybe Senator Nina Turner. I don't know. I'm just wishful thinking here. But the first person to announce a black woman as a running mate wins to me. Now, why is Joe Biden getting donkey today? Well, yesterday he was attending the South Carolina Democrat Party's first in the South dinner. Uh, I was told he received the longest ovation of any of his competitors. So I have to give him props for that. But when he was wrapping up his remarks, I don't know if he had to pee. I don't know if he had to do a number two. I don't know if he was just tired, needed a nap, whatever it was. He just mailed this last line in. It was very DJ Envy-ish, okay? And I have to factor... Just, Watch this, your mouth. Shut up. This has to factor into what decision you plan to make this weekend in the South Carolina primary. Let's hear it. And I have a simple proposition here. I'm here to ask you for your help. Where I come from, you don't get far unless you ask. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. <laughs> Look me over. If you like what you see, help out. If not, vote for the other guy. Give me a look, though, okay? Lord have mercy. Play it one more time, please. And I have a simple proposition here. I'm here to ask you for your help. Where I come from, you don't get far unless you ask. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. Look me over. If you like what you see, help out. If not, vote for the other guy. Give me a look, though, okay? You had to go to the bathroom, bro. If you thought Joe Biden was an uninspiring candidate before... If you are not feeling Joe Biden because of the 94 crime bill that he wrote, if you weren't feeling Joe Biden because you heard that he's been accused of inappropriately touching women, if you don't like Joe Biden because he doesn't have a black agenda, if he has not moved you at all this election cycle, then how does this clip make you feel? How can you vote for someone who doesn't even know what the hell they are running for? My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. Joe Biden is running for the highest seat in the land, president of the United States of America. He was first elected to U.S. Senate in 1972. It's 2020. Why in the hell would he think he's running for U.S. Senate in 2020? You know why it's so easy for him to say that? Because it's all rehearsed. It's all robotic. They spew the same BS, redundant rhetoric so much that it's all a blur. doesn't matter if it's 1972 running for U.S. Senate or 2020 running for president. All these Negroes look alike to me, okay? You probably caught deja vu because he's seen this before. I mean, when you've seen one blind, one black blind Democratic loyalist, you've seen them all. Okay, now it's another part of this clip we have to dissect real quick, so play it. If not vote for the other Biden. Who the hell is the other Biden? 
Play the whole thing in its entirety, one just one time, please. And I have a simple proposition here. I'm here to ask you for your help. Where I come from, you don't get far unless you ask. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. Look me over. If you like what you see, help out. If not, vote for the other Biden. Give me a look, though, okay? Who the hell is the other Biden? Play that for me in HD. I have to make sure I'm hearing what I'm hearing. What's if not, that? vote for the other Biden. One more time. If not, vote for the other Biden. You know the other Biden. It's official. Joe Biden has been cloned. See? That's a robot. That's why it malfunctions, glitches, says foolishness like this. The man is 77 years old. He can't be all over the country like that. So the real Joe Biden is somewhere asleep. But he needs to show up tonight in the debates because this Joe Biden that y'all have been having out here, this robot, he's been getting his ass kicked. Okay, we need that other Joe Biden who was the one y'all said was the most electable, the one y'all said can beat Trump. You know, when when y'all go to vote in the SC primaries this weekend, make sure that the other Joe Biden is on the ballot. Okay, because this Joe Biden doesn't deserve y'all votes. This Joe Biden is the same Joe Biden who last week said he was arrested in South Africa trying to free Nelson Mandela from prison. I spent my whole life fighting for civil rights, voting rights, social justice, economic justice. And that's what I'll do when I'm your president. This day, 30 years ago, Nelson Mandela walked out of prison and entered into discussions about apartheid. I had the great honor of meeting him. I had the great honor of being arrested with our U.N. ambassador on the streets of Soweto trying to get to see him on Robbins Island. He's never shared that story before in his life. That never happened. What you mean? That never happened. Nobody remembers that but Joe Biden. He's making up arrests. He's telling us he's running for the U.S. Senate when he's running for president. And he's telling us to vote for the other Biden. Bruh, if the other Biden isn't on that ballot uh, in South Carolina, I don't know how you could vote for this Biden. Okay. Don't let them fool you and tell you he's the only one who can beat Trump. He hasn't even proven he can beat Bernie yet. If Bernie doesn't stand against Trump like some experts say, then how can the person losing to Bernie who doesn't even know what he's running for beat Trump? Will the other Biden please stand up? Because that's the mother effer we need. If not vote for the other Biden. I will. Just show me where he's at. Please give Joe Biden the biggest hee haw. This is embarrassing. He's never got arrested in, in South Africa? That's what the streets say. The other Biden. The other Biden. Oh, that's right. The that's, other oh, Biden. Man, my bad, Joe. Forget there's the other Biden. The other Biden got arrested in South Africa. <laughs> Not that one. Got you. Got you. Got it. Mm-mm-mm. All right. Switch gears. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. Mm-hmm. Now. Let's talk crying meme faces. No, not crying meme faces, just ugly cries, period. <laughs> Yesterday, Michael Jordan, to me, proved he's the Michael Jordan of ugly crying. When he gave his uh, his speech at, at Kobe Bryant's mm-hmm. memorial, there's nobody that ugly cries better than Michael Jordan. It was already proven with the Michael Jordan crying face meme. He doubled down on it yesterday, let you know he was the GOAT. Of, okay. of ugly cries. But there's some other cries. And let's open up the phone lines. Mm-hmm. 800-585-1051. We're talking about the ugliest cry is out there. Now, a young lady called earlier. And said what? When I made that statement, she said, Viola Davis. Have to, I have to agree with her on that. But there's some other ones out there. Toby Maguire. Look, ooh, ooh. That's from The Health, right? What movie is that? That's The Health, right? No, none of y'all know. I don't know. I don't know either. Don't Toby know. Maguire got a good ugly cry. <clears throat> Kim Kardashian. Kim K, yeah. Taylor said New York from I Love New York. She, she we have audio of some of these if we want to hear do? it. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear uh, you Kim You want to play when we come back? No, let's let's, play, little, wait, let's right. play one right, right, right fast. Mm-hmm. My gut and my heart is telling me that I just like did this too fast and I didn't know what I was doing. I wasted everyone's money. I wasted everyone's everything and I feel bad. Oh, hey, we got to play one more. Let's play. Let's play. Uh, 
Go down one. Go down two. R. Kelly. Let's do this one. This one was a horrible one. How can I work? How can I get paid? How can I take in my Look, kids? that's a bad one, bro. How? Oh. I don't feel no, no, no. Your ex-wife says Three. you abused no. her, Robert. Thirteen. No. Robert. Thirteen years. No. The hog tie flew in on a helicopter. Kelly don't count. On uh, a helicopter. No. no. You know why? Yes. You know why? Yes. He committed an ugly crime. He deserves the ugly crime. All right, I don't feel sorry for R. Kelly. Five eight five one zero five one. Who has the ugliest cry face? All right, call us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Pull out, pull out, your, pull out your phone. Call in right now. Call me. Add your opinion to the Breakfast Club topic. Break, break it down. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, if you just join us, we're talking about ugly crying faces. Now, that's, that's this right. comes from Michael Jordan. He was at Kobe Bryant's memorial. He was just talking about his crying face as a meme. I'll have to look at another crying meme for the next. <laughs> I told my wife I wasn't going to do this because I didn't want to see that for the next three or four years. So we were talking this morning. It was like, yeah, it's pretty bad. Well, listen, Michael Jordan is the GOAT when it comes to ugly cries. Like, Michael Jordan is the Michael Jordan of ugly cries. I don't think there's nobody better than Michael Jordan when it comes to ugly crying because his tears stick to his face. Right. And for whatever reason, they come out his eyes but end up, like, on his forehead and on his temples. And then it always looks like his yeah. snot coming out his nose, but the snot's not running. It's just little layers of it right around the nostrils. Right. But well, let's, play, let's play a couple. Of course, um... Can we play, hmm, Viola Davis? I've been right here with you, Troy. I got a life, too. I gave 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. Don't you think I ever wanted other things? Don't you think I had dreams and hopes? What about my life? What about me? I think this is from the movie The Help, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I personally think, uh, right after Michael Jordan, another black man. Who's that? With a bald head. Who? Might be number two. But it's too early to tell. I've never seen you cry. He hasn't. Shut the hell up. <laughs> it hasn't, he hasn't stayed. He hasn't. His, his tears haven't stood the test of time yet like Michael Jordan's. Who? Tyrese Gibson. Oh, man. I just want my baby. I just want my baby. I'm at $13,000 a month. What more do you want from me? <laughs> damn, damn, damn. I'm going to tell you another good one. Chris Crocker. Remember Chris Crocker? Who's Chris Crocker? Chris Crocker was like some guy that was crying on the internet over uh, Britney. Britney Spears. Ooh. Yeah, let's play, let's play, play the audio. And how f***ing dare anyone out there make fun of Britney after all she's been through. All you people care about is readers and making money off of her. She's a human. Leave her alone. That was a nice, good, ugly cry. People are still saying Kim K, so let's play the, the, the little Kim K. Kim K, Kim K had a great ugly cry. Mm -hmm. My gut and my heart is telling me that I just like did this too fast and I didn't know what I was doing. I wasted everyone's money, I wasted everyone's everything and I feel bad. Uh, Toby Maguire, what was the guy that was on that Ayan LaVonzant show? Was that, a, was that an Ayan LaVonzant show? Dude who looked like a little shark, like a little baby shark from the side profile? I don't know. Y'all know who I'm talking about, man. Oh, who's that? Intervention, the show Intervention, man. He looked like a little baby shark. We have the audio? Let's play it. Because I know somewhere deep down in my heart, I still love you. Ah! 
You know, you know what I'm thinking? You, you, you always talk about light-skinned brothers, right? But I'm thinking Michael Jordan, right? Tyrese and R. Kelly. All you dark-skinned brothers with bald heads. Let's play R. Kelly. I ain't about no goddamn R. Kelly. I'm playing it. Let's play R. Kelly. How can I pay child support? How? If my ex-wife is destroying my name and I can't work, how can I work? How can I get paid? How can I take care of my kids? How? Your ex-wife Use says, your common sense. Your ex-wife says Three, you abused her, Robert. 13 lives. 13 years being married. I flew in on a helicopter. On a helicopter. Yes. <laughs> yes. Can somebody get us some tissue? I don't want no tissue. I'm going to leave. See, I don't count R. Kelly. The reason I don't count R. Kelly is because he deserved to do an ugly crime. When you commit an ugly crime, mm -hmm. you should be somewhere ugly crying, whether it's in a prison cell or okay. somewhere. Well, let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? Hey, good morning. This is Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie. We're talking about ugly crying faces. What do you think? I think the person who has the ugliest crying face is Pookie from New Jack City. That's a good one. Ooh, ooh. That's let's, a good one. Let's, let's, we, let's play that right now so people can hear it. This crack s*** has got me, man. I don't got no control over it, man. I try to kick, man. Just be calling me, man. Be calling me, man. That was a good one, Stephanie. That, that was, that a, was good a good one. one. That was a good one. Me. Right before he smoked me. that crack. That yeah. was a good one. Thank you. Yep, right before. <laughs> Hello, who's this? KG. Hey, what's up, bro? Who, who you think had the ugliest cry face? Hands down, has to be Tyrese. No, y'all gonna do my guy dirty like Tyrese that. Tyrese don't got the ugliest, but he's right under Jordan. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Right under, he's right under Jordan, bro. All right. Hello, who's this? DJ Envy, it's Jay from Jersey. How you feeling this morning, brother? What's up, bro? We're talking to ugly crying faces. Who, who you got? You know, the crazy part is I had picked Dakota Fanny saying that she was the Viola Davis of white people, but then I come across my favorite player, Dennis Rodman. He got some ugly-ass faces, too. Yo, Dennis Rodman, when Dennis he was on Rodman. CNN with the MAGA hat yeah. crying over Kim Jong-Jong? Not even that. I go back <laughs> even further than when he won the Dennis, uh, the defensive, uh, defensive Player of the Year award. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, that was bad. All right, thank You're you, right. brother. All right, well, 800-585-1051. We're talking ugly, crying faces. Call us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just join us, we're talking ugly, crying faces. Now, this comes from Michael Jordan. He was speaking at Kobe Bryant's memorial, and he was talking about how every time he cries, it becomes a meme. And Charlamagne said, yeah, it's pretty ugly. Yeah, I mean, listen, when I watched that, even before he said that, I said to myself, Michael Jordan is about to bring back the Michael Jordan crying face meme. There is nobody who, who ugly cries like Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is the Michael Jordan of ugly crying because it's just the way the tears stick to his face. And it's like a combination of tears, snot, and sweat. Right. We call it TSS. That makes for the perfect ugly cry. And nobody does it better than Michael Jordan. Second to me is a young man named Tyrese Gibson. Tyrese had the tears, he had the snot, didn't have that much sweat. I just want my baby. I just want my baby. I'm at $13,000 a month. What more do you want from me? What about, what about Terrell Owens? It's really unfair. It's really unfair. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Terrell Owens is okay. Sam is Terrell. Terrell was okay. See, the thing with, with Terrell, it was no snot, it was no sweat. It wasn't that, it, like, his face didn't really move. 
It was decent. I wouldn't put it in my top 10, though. All right, well, let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? Yo, this is Mike. Mike, what's up, man? We're talking ugly crying faces this morning. All right. The father from Yana Van Zandt. Yes. Uh, the intervention. Yeah. yeah, the intervention. He has the ugliest cry ever. He may not be no celebrity, but that cry made him famous. I can't make I can't I can't remember his name, but we got the cry right here. Let's play it. Because I know somewhere deep down in my heart, I still love you. Rocky Lockridge? Rocky Lockridge looked like a baby shark from the side. <laughs> Damn it, man. <laughs> Hello, who's this? This Sherry B. Sherry in Hampton. Um, oh, I my goodness. Donald Trump. I, I picked Donald Trump because he don't share a damn tear for no damn body. Well, if he don't share a tear, how could he? See, that's why. That's why. That's, that's, that's okay. Cry. All right, Sherry. A fake, a fake, a fake cry. Is Sherry, the cry this is why black people can't get ahead right here because black people <laughs> start commenting on stuff that don't got nothing to do with nothing. We asking you about ugly cries and you telling me about a white man that you've never seen cry saying he got an ugly cry. You making up yeah, stuff. To me, it's a fake person. Uh, uh, the Sherry, man is never cry. When you have you ever seen Donald Trump cry? Sherry, let me see you cry. That's what I'm trying to say, baby. That, that that's a, that's an ugly cry. Sherry, where you calling from? Tears. Where you calling from? It's crazy, I'm, Sherry. I'm calling from Hampton. A person that don't got tears that's fake. That's Sher a fake cry. Sherry, let me hear you cry. Let me fake a cry right now. Let me hear you. I can't fake. I'm hurting too damn much. I cry all the damn time, Charlemagne. Who you voting I for? Cry who you? Who, who, every second of the day. Who you voting for on I Super Two? Every second of the day, baby. Who you voting for on Super Two? Oh Lord. <laughs> who you, you know, voting for? Look, you know I love y'all. She from Virginia. Who you voting for on Super Tuesday? Who you voting for? I love you, Cheryl. I used to talk. I used to talk too damn much. Used to what? Don't. Who I you? used to talk too much, so God working with me, ain't he? No, I'm, I'm talking to y'all, ain't he? God ain't working. God you ignoring you. Who you, you still for? talking to? He is working with me because I'm, I'm, oh, I'm giving y'all a chance. I'm giving y'all a chance to talk. If Are I you really, Cheryl? Are yeah, you really? That's what you think you're doing? All right, Cheryl. Yes, yes, he's working with me because I, I, at first I couldn't shut the hell up. Now, yeah, yeah. Vote for Pusha T. So, so now, I'm, so now I'm listening. I pray for listening. God told me I'm to tell you. Oh Lord, have mercy. You won't even listen to what God told me to tell you. Thing I'm waiting on now is my peace. And my husband, and the last things that God got to give me. And that, and I'm nope, trying. God ain't giving you that because you won't listen to God now. <laughs> God told you to shut the hell up, and you ain't shut the hell up since you called up here. What? If you said, look, closed mouths don't get fed on the boulevard. <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't. Sherry, right, vote have, for Pusha T, okay? Have a blessed day, Sherry. I love y'all. Push Lo Love you too. <laughs> she really gonna write in Push T on her ballot. Why you do that to her? You she know she's stupid. Oh my god. I don't mean she's stupid. I just mean she's stupid. What's the moral of the story, bro? I don't have who a moral wins? of the story. Who wins? Sherry then took all my energy. I don't <laughs> have a moral of the story. I was perfectly fine, who man. Wins? That's why I don't be talking to <laughs> after 5 o'clock. You know what I'm saying? I only talk to them because I'm on the air from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. I don't. Ha I promise you, <laughs> don't have access to me like this, bro. <laughs> my goodness. All right, well, when we come back, we got rumors. We'll talk about this. No I in team, but there's an M-E in that motherfucker. We'll tell you who said that. Me. <laughs> so don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Listen the rumor report it's the rumor report the breakfast club now tory release uh tory lane's released a statement about his uh label situation he said there's no bad uh, no bad blood with the label in the scope i had a five album deal i gave him 12 project albums if you include all the mixtape with original mu music i can officially go on record and say i exceeded the five album mark and i'm still just getting my feet in the water it's official 
New Toronto 3 comes out March. And as soon as you hear it, I have officially finished my deal with Interscope. It's been real. Do y'all care if people are signed anymore? I do. Really? I just love the fact that now, you know, now everything he puts out, he eats off of. I think that's pretty pretty dope. That's what I'm saying. Do you, so do you care if people are signed? Like if somebody says, hey, I'm with Interscope or I'm with Def Jam, does it no. matter? No, I don't care no, about that. No, not at all. I don't I care about that. that. But I love the fact that he created a name for himself and now everything else he'll eat from here on out. You yeah, know, I, I, I love that. I'm gonna be, I don't know why these guys just don't go straight to the, the, the streaming services. Why they just don't go straight to the Apples and the Spotify's. Well, well, the labels still do a lot. They still pay a lot of of advertising, do budgeting. They? Yeah, they do. Because I be saying these albums just be coming out like farts. Like, pfft. Yeah, but some, sometimes they do that. They pay, they pay for videos. Away. They do billboards. They do campaigns. I, 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 they do I don't know stuff. the last time I've seen a, a, a label. I don't know when the last time I've seen an artist and been like, wow, the label's really got a campaign behind that person. I, I can't think of the last sometimes time. Sometimes you see it. Then you, Cardi maybe with Invasion of Privacy. Yeah, but like, look, Cardi, think of Cardi B. Who? Of course, Bieber. You know why? Because he's white, Drum. Run the boards. We're not talking about them. But even Cardi B, look at Cardi B. You know, look at Atlantic. They made Cardi B even bigger than what she was. Now when her, her but last, said, that's the last, her last record's done, then she could go on her own. She doesn't need the label anymore. You know. Yeah. All right. Now let's talk about uh, Kobe Bryant's memorial. Over twenty-two thousand people showed up, and it was sad, man. I cried a couple of times watching it yesterday. Uh, when Vanessa Bryant spoke, boy, I couldn't stop the tears. God knew they couldn't be on this earth without each other. He had to bring them home to heaven together. Babe, you take care of our Gigi. Mm, and I got Nani, Bibi, and Coco. We're still the best team. Mm. We love and miss you, Boo Boo and Gigi. May you both rest in peace and have fun in heaven until we meet again one day. We love you both and miss you forever and always. Mommy. The best thing they Eek. did was wait a... Uh... Wait, like, what, it's been almost a month? Yes. Since, the, since he passed away? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was the best to do the memorial a month later. Because it gives everybody a chance to gather themselves. You know, a lot of tears have already been yeah. dropped over the past 30 days. But it's just another reminder, man, that things are not in your control. And I know our ego makes us, when we hear stories like this, our ego makes us want to say, oh, we got to get things in control. I got to get things in control. There's some things you just can't control. Well, Shaq also spoke, and he talked about the day he gained uh, Kobe's respect. The day Kobe gave my respect was the guys were complaining. I said, Shaq, Kobe's not passing the ball. I said, I'll talk to him. I said, Kobe, there's no I in team. And Kobe said, I know, but there's an in me in that mother. That's right. So I went back and told Rick and, uh, and Big Shot Bob, I said, just get the rebound. He's not passing. <laughs> just Dro- get the rebound. Drop on the clues, Bob, for Shaq. Because when I tell everybody in this room that it's all about me, they get mad at me. Okay. Instead of just getting the goddamn rebound. Like what, are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? That's oh, what, that's do, what you just dropped the headphones. Do you want to have that combo? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, Jordan also spoke about uh, Kobe being his little brother. Kobe was my dear friend. He was like a little brother. The questions, the wanting to know every little detail about life that they were about to embark on. He used to call me, text me. 11.30, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. Talking about post-up moves, footwork, and sometimes the triangle. At first, it was an aggravation. But it, then it turned into a certain passion. Yeah. 
I wonder if Michael Jordan ever told Kobe Bryant, I love you. Michael Jordan don't seem like the I love you type of person to other guys. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. So even though he may have a lot of love for you and may really love you, I don't know if you express it. But then he cries so much, so maybe. I don't know. know. Well, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. And again, condolences to his family. (sighs) All right. Well, that is your rumor report. It still still don't feel real. Mm -mm. Angela Yee is out. She'll be back tomorrow. All right. Now, everybody else, Revolt will see you tomorrow. People's Choice Mix is up next. Get your request in. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, it's Black History Month. Who are we saluting today? Um, today, we want to salute Katherine Johnson. Uh, she was an American mathematician. If you've ever seen the movie Hidden Figures, then you know uh, a little bit of the Katherine Johnson story. Um, she was also a NASA employee, and they were... Critical to the success of the first U.S. crewed space flights, man. So we just want to give you a little history lesson on Miss Miss Katherine Johnson since she has passed away. The Breakfast Club presents a new Black History Month legend. I started out working on airplanes because when I went there, that's what it was, the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics. When the space program came along, I just happened to be working with guys and when they had briefings on it, I asked permission to go. And they said, well, the girls don't usually go. And I said, well, is there a law? They said, no. I said, well, so then my boss said, let her go. And I began attending the briefings. I was, you were already doing the work, but you didn't know exactly what it was. And gradually I did more. I knew more about the geometry of the program, all about the mapping to the here and there. And this. so it was very, a very easy transition. And that was another new Black History Month legend, courtesy of The Breakfast Club. All right, and rest in peace. Yes, indeed. All right, when we come back, we got your positive notes, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Now, um, shout to Pepsi. Now, yesterday, Pepsi did a historically better gala where they just saluted and uh, acknowledged a bunch of people that graduated from HBCUs that are doing well. Everybody from um, uh, ministers to uh, individual that work for the FBI to so many different people. So I just want to salute Pepsi and shout to all the HBCUs out there. I, I hosted alongside Terrence J, Notori, and Angela Yee, and uh, Rotimi performed. Uh, Angela Yee is not here because on the way back, she blew her tire out and her tire flew off her car. She's okay, but uh, by the time she towed the car to the dealership and had to take an Uber home, it was a little uh, too late. So That's she horrible. To How far away was she from New York? Uh, she was in New York. She was a couple of exits from the crib. Okay. So she was uh, in New York, so... She is fine. She'll be back tomorrow. Shout out to everybody that came out to my real estate seminar in Vegas. Really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys uh, coming to learn. Hopefully you guys will invest in some real estate properties. I want to see you guys investing and creating generational wealth. And uh, we got a bunch of people asking me, when am I coming to different cities? We got Miami coming up, Toronto, uh, Charlotte, Atlanta, uh, Chicago. So if you want more information, click the link in my bio uh, and let's talk real estate, man. Let's let's create generational wealth for our kids. And also, shout to uh, News One. News One did an article on 20 HBCU graduates who are changing the world, and I'm on that list. 
uh, alongside uh, Stephen A. Smith is on the list, Oprah Winfrey, Kamala Harris, just to name a few. So shout to News One for that article. That's what for all the work that I'm doing in uh, real estate and trying to teach our community how to create generational wealth. Now, Charlemagne, you got a positive note? Yes, man. The positive note is this. He who is not courageous enough to take... Oh, well, first of all, let me tell you who the positive note is from. It's from Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay, all right? It is Black History Month, and he's a black history legend. But Muhammad Ali said, he who is not courageous enough to take risk will accomplish nothing in life. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done?